Welcome to episode 17 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, along here with... Eric Sanchez. Eric, how's it going? Pretty good. Good. Uh, today's show is going to be called Fake Sports, Real Emotions. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just guys we're going to talk about today, uh, some moments that made you, I guess, mark out as the term or, or really buy into the storyline or kind of forget yourself in the middle of something where... I don't know, because I feel like sometimes when you're watching, it's easy to be jaded, like, called that, knew that was going to happen, but these times, these are ones that really got me, and got yeah. me too. Yeah, a lot of the ones that I have, I'm going to put them, like, on a, on a higher level, like a markgasm. Like, they a just... Markgasm? Markgasm. <laughs> like, they just, were just... No, they were just so powerful. Like, I just, you know, overcame you're with not, joy it's or... It's not making it any better, as you're describing a gasm. Yeah, and sadness in some parts. Yeah, you do have... <laughs> I remember I, a couple weeks... We were going to do this a few weeks ago. And your first list was like all these moments, like I cried during this, like Macho Man <laughs> wedding, Liz died. I'm like, no, 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 not all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but before we get started, guys, follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Send an email to PPWPodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I guess I'll get this out of the way right away. So for the past couple of weeks, we've had the mega giveaway. That was bad. And I mentioned that we only had about 14 or 15 like entries, but which is ironic because the last two episodes were some of the higher um, listen downloads or, or plays we've had in a while. Not a while, but just some of the higher ones we've had. So I guess people are too lazy or they don't care about the mega giveaway. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty sweet giveaway. It is. It is. You have it right in front of me here. And without further ado, this was how I did How I did this was I put everyone's names into a hat. Literally, I, I wrote their names pieces of paper and put them into a hat because I tried to find an app, like a random giveaway app. But everything was like 99 cents. I'm like, fuck that. I've yeah. already given something away. I'm not paying any more money. Uh, <clears throat> congratulations to... Mark Caruso, a.k.a. the guy who follows us on Twitter, a.k.a. the guy who's in Man Cave Champions of Wrestling, and, yeah, Mark Caruso. Insert crowd cheers and applause. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My babies. <laughs> Congratulations, Mark. Uh, you've been a fan of the show for a while, and you were the one of the first people to enter. Uh, thanks to everyone else that did enter in the contest, and next time I get something for free, I'll give it away again. So, Mark, I'll shoot you a note on Twitter, and I'll DM you so you can give me your address and know where to ship you the prize. I'm not going to say what the prize is. I'm going to wait till Mark gets it, and he can tweet a picture out, then I'll let everyone know what it is. It's a good idea. It is. So, a little cross-promotion. It'll help. Uh, we talked about, right before we started here, the House of Horrors match with Orton and Wyatt and kind of how silly it was. <laughs> and I said my thought was, I thought it was dumb, 
but not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, what did you think? The House of Horrors. Well, leading <coughs> leading up to it, um, I mean, Bray is just this dark, satanic type character. Is he though? I don't even know what he is. He, he kind of is. He's voodoo. He's I don't know, sacrificing stuff. So he's Papa Shango mixed with Waylon Mercy slash yeah Skinner. Yeah, there you go. I just expected it to be like I don't know, like a haunted house mixed with fun mirrors and. I don't know, those little spooky backstage uh, vignettes that they do with Bray Wyatt, and then they show up in a house. I'm like, this is like my house. That's your house? <laughs> it's not house. my house, but house. no, but it's just like a regular house, and then you get the lights flickering, and I don't know, just... Uh, and how about the uh, the tractor going <laughs> with no one driving it? It was so dumb. I love that. I think I'm like a message board. Someone put, that's John Cena riding that tractor. <laughs> yeah. And then you're having a fight and Bray, I mean, uh, Orton is just in his jeans. <laughs> jeans in his boots. <laughs> hey, man. That house could have <clears throat> glass or something on the floor. It ain't going to wear his tie. It'd yeah. be even weirder if he showed up in his wrestling gear. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. It was a little uh, skimpy tights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he throws up the Orton pose. Yeah. And one of the, the things, after the match happened, I tweeted out, not tweeted out, it was on Facebook, but I put it out. There's a, a gif of um, Scott Hall where he's like, ooh, like he's wiggling his fingers, yeah, like yeah. he's so scared. Like yeah. right after Bray Wyatt goes outside, he's like, follow the buzzards, uh-huh. and the house turns red. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Just turned a red light on. <laughs> <laughs> like those, uh, like the uh, Christmas time, they sell the like, spotlights to go yeah. to the house. I'm like, well, this is... My expectation of Bray, I guess, is just beyond what creative wants to do with him. Yeah, maybe. I, it seems like people like him, but I, I feel like they don't really know what to do with him in the sense that it's, okay, do we make him a good guy? Do we make him evil? But he's almost, when he gets super evil, he kind of becomes kind of cool. Yeah. So they're kind of like in an in-between phase with him. I don't know. They'll figure something out. Yeah. My problem with with it is, like, Undertaker, I think, was the ultimate. Like, he could kind of, tri- like... Um, have that dark character in a wrestling ring, like he possessed that dark character. Is it character? possible that Undertaker is just one of, literally one of a kind? Is that I possible? think he is because when Bray is doing all the backstage stuff and the and the the, um, the videos and all that, I mean it's cool. But then when he's in the ring, he just looks like a regular guy that doesn't possess any supernatural powers, and he's just yeah, he's just a regular guy to me. And it's hard to put the two together. So I think maybe that's the problem. I don't know. I mean, because even last night on Raw, did you watch Raw? Yeah. So he gave it, I thought, an awesome promo, but the lights had to be dark, and it made it like he a better be effect. Yeah. But if the lights were on, it wouldn't have that effect. I see what you're saying. Well, rather than harp, hype, harp on <laughs> why Bray Wyatt and the Hoss Horse match was bad and all that, we're going to switch into our subject, which is a, the positive variety, and these are, what did I say? Fake sports, real emotions. Yeah. <laughs> My first one will transition into what we were talking about, Supernatural. This was in 1999 during the Ministry of Darkness Undertaker days. It's my favorite Undertaker. Mine too, maybe. It's either that one or 93 to 97 era. So 93 was Undertaker first turned. He turned good at 92 with Jake. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of started to like him. Then 93... He had his feud with Kamala. Uh, that was in 92 still. In 93, he was, um, it kind of transitioned to a feud with Yokozuna, at, and he got to the Royal Rumble, and a casket match, and he was hurt, and he came back. He ended up getting the title run later, beating Sid at WrestleMania. So I love that Undertaker. Okay. Uh, I did I did like the uh, Ministry one, too, because he was so dark and cool. Right. Um, that Speaking, because we talked about, 
with Bray, how it's kind of hard to take him seriously or he doesn't seem as cool. Undertaker never had that with this character. And this moment specifically was when Undertaker was stalking Stephanie McMahon to get at Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. This was like weeks, of, a couple of weeks of stuff. Like, remember uh, Vince is kind of pushing Stephanie in the limo, like, get out of here, Steph. We got to go. He's coming. And the last shots, Undertaker turns around, where to, Stephanie? <laughs> ah! They drive off. Okay. Oh, because he's the driver, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah so, I remember that. So badass. And then, <laughs> and then there's a scene where he burns like a teddy bear in front of Vince, and it turns out that was Stephanie's bear. It's just like, oh, man, all this awesome stuff. All this culminated. It didn't culminate. This, is, this turned out not to be the culmination. We thought it was. So it all culminates in Undertaker basically kidnapping Stephanie McMahon, and telling Vince, you have to sign over the WWE to me, but I want Stone Cold Steve Austin to deliver the papers to me. And Austin's like, fuck, I don't care, Vince. He's like, you've been screwing me for years. No way. Not doing it. Blah, blah, blah. So the whole the whole episode of Raw, this is happening. And uh, Vince is begging everyone. And he's like, nope, not going to happen. So the last segment of Raw, Undertaker has Stephanie come out in the huge Undertaker symbol with Paul Bear. She's in like a black gown and he's like going to marry her into his internal darkness and all that and you're like fuck why is no one helping her and then Big Show comes out and Ken Shamrock comes up to the ministry takes care of all of them mm-hmm. and here's the moment I've got it up on my phone here so I'm going to kind of play it and this is the moment where I freaking lost it watching this slide I'm like yes fuck yes hell yeah like, literally pumped my fist was so happy here we go <laughs> Paul Bear. I now pronounce you as the unholy union of darkness. You may now kiss your bride. And that glass. And he's whooping, whooping Undertaker's ass. And I'm going to skip a little bit to the end here because the best part. All right, here, right now, Austin's just whooped ass. He just took Stephanie off the cross, the Undertaker cross. You can hear Jim Cordak commenting. You hear the little pop there. And that's when Stephanie goes up and gives Austin a big hug. And like, she's like, thank you for saving me. And Austin put his hands up. Like, he's no. like, get the fuck off me. Yeah, he's like, no, no. And here, here comes Vince. Vince is, you know, saying, thank you, thank you, Steve, thank you. <laughs> this is all kind of ruined because it turns out all along Vince McMahon was behind the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness. Uh-huh. He was the higher power. So he had this elaborate ruse to fuck with his daughter, terrify Stephanie, just to get it Austin. It's, it's it didn't make Austin. any sense at the end. To me, it didn't. <laughs> when Vince was revealed the higher power, I was like, you've got to be kidding me but in a good way. Like, it uh-huh. shocked me. He was the last person I would have picked to be the higher power. There were rumors at the time in 99, because this is when um, Bischoff was kind of pushed aside WCW, that Bischoff was going to be the higher power. Like, rumors mm-hmm. were that hot and crazy. So, uh, awesome. Would have been cooler. Uh, yeah, but not as funny <laughs> looking back at it. Yeah, not as funny. All right, so that's my first one. What do you got? 
Um, maybe we'll stay with the same era. And, and a lot of the stuff that I have, well, actually everything that I have, you can find on the network. Yeah. Or you can look at it on Daily Motion. But this one was from Capital Carnage. It's December 6, 1998. And this is in the UK. So I think they're a little bit more lenient with uh, Jacqueline becoming topless. So in the match, there's Christian and Sable are teaming up against Mark Merrow and Jacqueline. And it's a pretty good match. And towards the end... Christian and Mark Mero kind of are, are fighting, and they make their way up the ramp, yeah. and they go backstage. So yeah. left in the ring, you got Sable and Jacqueline. Um, Sable hits Jacqueline with the TKO, which is the F5, gets yeah. the pin on Jackie. Uh, Sable's celebrating, but Jackie is, like, still super pissed. So she starts beating up on the ref, Tim White. And Tim White's, like, on his stomach, and she's climbing on him. So she's almost, like, on his neck. So he starts to stand up, and now he's got her on his shoulders, and she's up in the air, like, punching him in the head. Sable runs up behind him and just uh, reaches up and rips off uh, Jackie's shirt. Yep. Just No pasties, bare. just everything. No pasties, just big, beautiful, fake titties. <laughs> she's not shy about it. She's got her arms spread open. She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and when I'm a young you know, teenager, I'm like, holy shit, this is the best, because they were teasing nudity for years, or at least a couple of years in WWF. For sure. And, you know, when they would take their shirt off, they'd cover up right away, or Sable had, uh-huh. like, the little uh, painted hands on her boobs. Yeah, on her, she on had her pasties, basically. Yeah, so everything was like, holy shit, they actually show nudity. Um, and it was on the internet, so I'm like, oh my god, i got to find it. Because I didn't order the pay-per-view, because uh-huh. I think it was UK only or whatever it was. But I had to find it. I'm like, i got to see this. <laughs> i got to see Jack Flanagan. It was so funny. But that was, like, I think a really good moment for me. <laughs> Creep. Not at all. You know how like awesome that was back then? So my next one... <laughs> I guess we'll let's stay in the Attitude Era. Okay. And this is when Mike Tyson joined Degeneration X. Do you remember this? Is on Monday Night Raw. Uh, so what happened was was then the week before or whatever Austin and Tyson had their big confrontation, and the next week on Raw Vince has got Tyson in the ring and Tyson's wearing a WWF Attitude T-shirt, and all of a sudden like the DX music hits and Shawn Michaels is storming down. He's I'm calling you out, Tyson, and all that and I'm going to try to pull it up here, see if I can find it. Yeah, I do. So here. So basically, I'll play the clip in a second of it actually happening, but there was a lot of, like, what's Tyson going to do? Because you remember the week before when Aust- or Vince was going to bounce announce, in this very ring, Mike Tyson will be. It didn't announce yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Mother, ugh, Shawn Michaels, come on. I want to see what the fuck Tyson's going to do. And then they're like, we're going to fight. And I'm like, I knew something was up. I figured Austin would come out and they would be like kind of a, like a big schmage or whatever. But then Tyson and Michaels are about to punch each other. And then Michaels rips Tyson's shirt off and reels the DX thing. And I was like, you son of I was pissed. I was like, That's so <laughs> stupid. I was pissed. But they got a reaction out of me. Do you remember watching that one or no? I do remember watching it. And... I don't know, Mike Tyson, He's, I mean, he is who he is. He's just kind of like a wild card. Like, I didn't know what to expect. And to see him do that, I thought was really cool. Yeah, and again, we were talking because we didn't know what he was going to do. And here, I'm going to try to pull the clip. So Michaels is coming down here, and here's, and basically he's, I'm calling your ass out, and here we go. Here we go. I'll play it right here. Here you go. Like a 
mistake about it, Mike. I am calling your ass out right now, right here. Boy! That boy really got me. <laughs> yeah, let's do it right now. And they're, they're, this is like, here we go, they're ready to do it. Michaels and Tyson are kind of like confronting each other here in the ring. And this resulted in lots of Mike uh, Mike Tyson doing the awkward DX crotch job where he did it like with his forearms. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he was so awkward. That's what I mean by him just being silly and kind of wild card. Like he was just—I don't think he really understood what he was supposed to do. But he was having so much fun. Oh yeah, he was like a little kid. <laughs> he was so excited. And he talked about it as Hall of Fame, like how he was such a fan growing up. <clears throat> He's like, I was San Martino yeah. was my favorite, and I loved watching wrestling. And I loved when he got inducted in the Hall of Fame. He was like, "Here's my kids." He's like. My kids didn't want to come when I got inducted to the Boxing Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But for WWE, they all, want, they all wanted to be here. Yeah. And that was a moment that I was pissed, but also like excited about, I guess, to see what was going to happen next. Right. You got something? Um, the next one I got is when CM Punk cashes in his money in the bank um, on Edge. Okay. I got a story about <clears throat> this, too, so tell yours first. Okay. So this one was from Raw, June 30th, 2008. Uh, the night before, I think it was Night of the Champions, Edge and Batista are fighting over the title. Edge ends up cheating, getting the win with help from La Familia. So he's on Raw. He interrupts JR's goodbye speech because JR got drafted to SmackDown, so JR's in the thing, um, in the ring. Edge comes out, interrupts him, throws him out of the ring, and he's given his, given his little speech. All of a sudden, Batista's music hits. Well, no, Edge, I'm sorry, Edge leaves the ring, he walks up the aisle, he's about to go back, he's walking up backwards, then Batista's music hits. Yeah. So Batista wants to get revenge for the cheating and all that kind of stuff, so he comes out, he just beats the shit out of Edge. And during this time, I was just more interested in Batista getting revenge. I had no idea what the money in the bank was or how it worked and all that kind of stuff. So after Batista, I mean, he just pervert, well, literally, pillar to post, throws him outside, beats him up, throws him through the table, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he leaves Edge just laid out in the ring, and Batista walks up the aisle, and he's about to walk back. And I got it queued up to right when CM Punk's music hits. Okay. So at the second, I'm like, holy shit, all right, CM Punk. But then he comes out with the ref and the money of the bank. I'm like, oh, now it's more real to me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I remember sitting, I was watching him by myself, and I stood up. I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I was just so pumped. Uh, you, you got a clip to play? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully it plays soon. There you go. Yeah, I hear it. And I was kind of confused at first. So was John. Wait a minute. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> so he's coming in, he's taking his shirt off, and he's giving the briefcase to the ref. And yeah. The ref is like, okay, because I mean, this, you got to do it now. Like, uh-huh. you have to start the match. Yeah. <laughs> so, Punk is, like, hitting his wrist. He's like, come on, come on, we got to get this going. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like a pin edge. Yeah. So, as soon as the bell rings, it's like, Punk just picks him up. Hold on. There's William. Is for the world heavyweight now it's all starting to sink in. I'm like, holy, yeah. <laughs> And that was it. He hit the mat like a ton of bricks. Punk gets the win. 
and he's the new champion. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> There's nothing more exciting than the Money in the Bank cash in right now. I think. And, uh, it and, depends uh, on who has it. Like, there's really my favorites. Like, he's one of my favorites, and Ziggler was one of my favorites to do it. Yeah. So, what, with the story with Punk's cash-in. So, I, I remember this because I was watching Raw at my buddy's house, and we kind of we watched that opening segment with Edge, and then we we flipped the channel to, like, a basketball game or something that was on because, like, okay, he's walking in the back, nothing's going to happen. We didn't, so we turned back to Raw. Didn't know that this all happened. Mm -hmm. And then they did one of their segments. Like, and you missed this earlier. We're like, wait, what? What? What the hell just happened? We missed it. What the hell? Why are we, we trying to freaking Spurs Lakers game? Like, what are we yeah. doing here? And uh, I was, we were all excited because we were excited because of the new champ. We were pissed we missed it. Yeah. And I will talk about my next one, which is the Ziggler cash up. And, and I remember, well, this is like, as a fan, like, I like watching it with. I like watching it with other, like, real fans. Like, some of these moments that I watch, I watch by myself because, I don't know, I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't really hanging around with anybody that was a fan. Yeah. But it's even more special when it's, like, your significant other or your wife or your girlfriend, and they're just really into it as much as mm -hmm. you are. So I remember the Ziggler one because the, the girl I was dating, like, she was into wrestling too. So, you know, we would make dinner. We would sit in front of the TV. We'd watch Raw, and it was just – it was awesome. Yeah. This one, The Ziggler one for me – I'll, I'll – here, we'll just we'll talk. I'll play it here, and then we'll talk about it. What a courageous effort by Del Rio! That pop as soon as they hear the show, the world. Yeah, comes it in. was insane. Like my girlfriend was more excited than I was, and I was excited, but to see her, just like, oh my god, it's fucking Ziggler! Yeah. <laughs> well, she probably had a big crush on him too. <laughs> So he said, you're cashing it in right now. And I also love that they had a little mini-match, and they teased that Ziggler was going to lose. Yeah. Because the crowd was like, of course he's going to fucking lose. He, oh, this is bogus. And then, like, here, he's got the cross And arm. it was a pretty good match for a couple six minutes. Six he's a good cover. I'm getting goosebumps watching it again. Yeah. And I wish, this is nitpicking, I wish they would have done it at WrestleMania the night before. Because if you remember, Del Rio had the match with the Swagger, and that feud had, like, no heat as much as they tried. And then during that match, everyone's like, we want Ziggler. And as awesome as it was for Raw, it would have been even more amazing to be outside at Giant Stadium right. with 80,000 people going nuts for it. And... You know, it would have ruined, I guess, Seth's cash in later because people would have been expecting it a couple years later. But Ziggler's talked about in interviews. He's like, I was in Gorilla, the backstage, with just in case someone changed their mind. Yeah, like, I was ready to go just in case <laughs> someone changed their mind and said we're doing this right now. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you never. He's like, I didn't think it was gonna happen, but you never know. My wife and I were watching it, and she was kind of half into it at the time, and she, she was like, Oh my god! And I'm like, and I was, I was the guy saying. It's not going to win. It's going to be stupid. They're going to have freaking Del Rio win. And then he won. I was like, yeah. yeah. And my buddy Pat is a huge Ziggler fan. was working and he missed it. And I text him just like, watch Raw when you get home. He's like, why? I'm like, just, just watch Raw when you get home. And that was one of the top Raw moments ever, I'd say, too. Just Monday Night Raw moments in general. It was just amazing. What year was it? Was that 2013? Yeah. Okay. Because one of the other shows that I watched with... Um, I'm going into another topic. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of the other things that we watched was Mark Henry. This is June 17th, 2013, which is my birthday, 17th. 
Um, so we're watching this and get him a present. <clears throat> so there's what's that? I'll oh, get him a present. Get him a present. <laughs> so there was kind of rumors that Mark Henry was going to retire because he had a big career. He was a uh, powerlifting champion, weightlifting uh, uh, champion, ECW champion, world former, champion, former fiance to May uh, Young, um, dated China. So he, sexual chocolate. Yeah. So he, he father of a hand. He accomplished so much, like in his career, it seemed like the right thing to do that he would retire. Um, so John Cena is in the ring, and then all of a sudden, Mark Henry's music hits, and everybody, you know. Nope, you have that backwards. Mark Henry came out first to do his retirement announcement, and Cena came out later to congratulate him. No, Cena was out there. After? No, in the ring. He wasn't out there first. Yeah, because when he got into the ring, he's like, no, no, John, don't go away. I want you to stay here, because I got something to tell you, the boys and the girls in the back, and, uh, and the crowd here. I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. <laughs> so he's in the ring. Before he walks into the ring, he's got his boots in his hand, and it's almost like, you know, hanging up the gloves and hanging up the boots and stuff like that. So he's salmon suit. <laughs> yeah. So he's got this gaudy looking pink, bright pink salmon uh, suit coat. I don't know. Did he? I don't. I don't know what color pants he had on, but the suit coat was just gaudy. So he puts his boots down at the, at the stage. He walks down the aisle, gets into the ring, and you know he tells John, "Don't go anywhere." So John's kind of hanging out on the side, and um. So he tells John, you know, don't put your guard down. I just got something to say to you, the boys and girls in the back and the crowd. So he starts talking about his career. You're right, by the way. Cena was in there first. Yeah. <laughs> and with retirement speeches, like we've seen them with Daniel Bryan, Edge, Shawn Michaels, like Ric Flair, anybody that does a speech just kind of takes their time when they're talking and, and lets the crowd absorb, like, what they're saying. So the crowd is sexual chocolate, sexual chocolate, and then they're singing, you know, Thank you, Henry. Yeah. Like, it's just a good, I think, a good feel-good moment. Uh, one of the lines that he says is, if he says, um, if y'all forget about me, you'd at least remember this coat. Because he's trying to <laughs> throw some jokes in there to kind of lighten up the mood. Uh -huh. um, and then he's thanking people throughout the thing. And one, it, it's kind of quiet. And one guy yells, May Young. <laughs> and he's like, no, not May Young, dummy. <laughs> so it's like a fun retirement. Yeah. And I'm totally buying in. My girlfriend, she's buying in because, I mean, I think it's time for him to retire. I mean, it seemed like a good career. <laughs> um, so towards the end, he starts getting real choked up. He's trying to fight back tears, and he's talking about his kids, his son, his wife, and he's this little baby girl, Joanna. Um, she cries every time I go out on the road. He's like, baby, I'm coming home, and that got me. I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, this guy's really retiring. He's going to go be with his family. So the crowd is, like, giving him a round of applause. And um, so Cena comes back in, like, raises his hand, like, to as a last, like, show off in the ring. Yeah, the Mark Henry thing, yeah. Yeah, so then they go to get a hug, and Mark Henry just grabs him and squashes him with the world's strongest slam. Like, holy shit, like, he got us. <laughs> the crowd is just gasping, and Henry just turns full-blown heel, like, right there. And I remember him saying... Uh, you think it's that easy? I got a lot more left in the tank. I'm like, oh, good. He's going to have another title shot. Well, I didn't buy it at all. You did it? Nope. <laughs> I bought it. line and sinker. I did not buy that one at all. I thought, well, as soon as like, he started talking, like, he's going to turn on Cena. So that's kind of why when you saw that, I kinda, when you had that, I kind of groaned. So I didn't buy it at all. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> Good for me indeed. So, I'm just I was doing a live broadcast on Twitter there of us recording. So I'm going to tweet it out of our one viewer. 
I guess. We'll see if it works. Anyway, I didn't buy it. And it's because I was like, why is Cena out there? Doesn't make any sense that Mark Henry, they would make a, Mark Henry wouldn't interrupt Cena. He would have his own moment at the end of the show mm-hmm. type of thing. So I didn't buy it. That being said, it was pretty cool. I thought it was the best acting I've ever seen. <laughs> and it kind of worked for me when he said, you know, don't leave because there's something I want to tell you. Because Cena was the champ at the time, and I think he had a lot of respect for Cena. So that's why I didn't really think it was fake. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I just I didn't buy it at all. So yeah. this, the only moment this stands out for me is a hilarious salmon coat. Yeah. And it it led into a feud where... You get, I did. Was you didn't win the world title in 2013 or was that 2011? Because he had a feud as the as the he, champ. Yeah, he had the world heavyweight championship, but he never never got the WWE championship, which is what Cena had that night. Okay, okay. And he even gave Henry the title to kind of show off, even though he never earned it, but just to, I don't know for to get pictures of him holding a title mm-hmm. <laughs> for the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one that I'll talk about is we'll go to a different era. We'll go to the, I guess it's called the Golden Era, right before the New Generation Era. This is when Hulk Hogan retired, in quotes. And mm-hmm. I talked about this a while ago, I think on a WrestleMania Memory Show, where before WrestleMania 8, they had something called Primetime Wrestling Special, March to WrestleMania 8, a tribute to Hulkamania. And it was a Roddy Piper match as one match, and the other ones were three Hogan matches. And Vince McMahon was kind of walking around, introducing all the matches, and uh, with these giant cardboard cutout-sized pictures of Hogan during the iconic matches. And at the end... He has a sit-down interview with Hogan. And I remember, I can, like, picture myself where I was watching this. I was at my parents' house. I was in second grade. Shouldn't have been able to be staying up watching because it was late, but I was watching it anyway in the basement watching wrestling. And the last segment was Vince being like, is this Hulk Hogan's last match? And Hulk's like, well, dude, you know, when you get that, (laughs) ask me that question, dude, it, 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 it chills me to the bone, brother. And he's like, I won't know until I'm out there. And then Vince kind of made it seem like, yes, this is your last match. Because he goes, thank you for the memories. And thank you for Hulkamania. And Hulk just pauses and he goes, well, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just added. And I was like, I remember the thank you. And I remember being like, fuck, that sucks. Because at the time, Hogan was my world, like in my wrestling world. Yeah. Like, there, was, there was him and everybody else. And I remember thinking, well, who's going to be my favorite? I literally said this out loud to myself. Who's going to be my favorite wrestler? And you then said I, Bret Hart. And Yeah, I said Bret Hart. But then <laughs> what was awesome at WrestleMania 8 was Warrior came back. So I was yeah. like, all right, forget, forget him. <clears throat> we got my guy. He's back in there anyway. Yeah. But, you know, I said Bret Hart at the thing. But I remember Warrior came back, and I was like, okay, I'm good to go. But that week until WrestleMania, I was concerned. Like, I guess I'm never going to see Hogan again. Yeah. Which that was a, not true at all. I don't remember if I watched it live or if I watched it in replays, but I remember seeing it. And it was kind of, well, I guess, sad that you know he was going to go away. And but you hated Hogan. I did hate him, but <laughs> he was such a big part of WWF at the time. And I'm, uh-huh. I'm like, well, how are they going to fill it? You know, who are they going to, you know. Who's going to be the big star? Yeah. And it, and it turned out. Uh, that WrestleMania, my favorite part of that WrestleMania was the Macho Man winning the WWF title because I thought, I just assumed the Macho Man wasn't going to win. Mm-hmm. I was just like, no. Because, I don't know why. I think because I just, I think Ric Flair just seemed like 
legitimate to me. Like, I didn't like him. I was like, well, he's tough to beat. No one's going to beat him. And then yeah. Macho Man won by cheating, hooked the tights. I was like, this is amazing. So he became kind of my guy for a while. Him and then him and Ultimate Warrior formed the Ultimate Maniacs, which was amazing. Yeah. You know, and then they both kind of went away, and I transitioned to accepting who WWF told me my next guy was, which they gave it to Bret Hart. And they took it off him, went to Yokozuna, went to Hogan, back to Yoko, back to Brett, and then eventually to Diesel in 95. And then around 94, 95 is when I really started liking Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. So it was like perfect for me as a fan. Like, okay, great. Now I got HBK as my guy. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. If you want to go ahead with another one, I'm going to step out for a second. Okay. All right. Um, So my next one we're going to talk about with the – uh, I guess real emotions is fake sports is this is back when Vince McMahon quote unquote fired Stone Cold Steve Austin. So there's a pay-per-view the night before it was actually in Chicago. It was called judgment day. And the main event was undertaker versus Kane. And Austin was the special referee. And Vince basically said, you have to crown a new WWF champion or you're fired. I like he was legitimately selling us. You're going to be fired if you're not the new WWF champion. So, the match happens, and Austin does a double count on both of them, knocks and stuns them both, says the winner of the match is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then Vince comes out. This is during the pay-per-view. He says, I told you this wasn't going to happen, Austin. Screw you. You're fired. And this is one of the pay-per-views I wasn't watching. I was doing kind of the listening up to the scrambled thing, playing the video game. So the TV was scrambled. I was playing Nintendo or Sega or whatever it was and, and listening to the pay-per-view. And the reason I was so pissed was because the night before, it may have been the day of that Sunday, my mom and I were at Target. And I asked her if she could buy me a Stone Cold Steve Austin hat. Don't worry about it. Just knocking stuff over and flushing toilets. It's cool. Anyway, we were at Target, and there's a Stone Cold Steve Austin hat for sale, and I bought it. My mom got it for me. I was super pumped. Then, you, wish, went, then you went on a bus? Wish I still had it. A bus <laughs> from last week. Though. Oh no, the no, Hogan painter hand. No, no, I, I had a couple <laughs> friends by this time. I was still a dork, but I had friends at least. Um, and I wish I still had that hat. I've looked for it on eBay since. It, I can't find it because it wasn't like a brand. It was like a knockoff Stone Cold hat at Target. Uh-huh. Anyway, I assumed like, and I should have been smarter by then. This is ninety eight, ninety nine. Uh, of course, Austin's not going to be fired. He's the biggest star they have. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, fuck. Austin's fired his hat's worthless now. I was like pissed. <laughs> so then the next night on Raw, I'm watching it and I'm going like Vince is out and the crowd's doing the asshole, asshole chant, and I'm doing it at my couch at him, flicking off the TV. Fuck you, you asshole, you fired Vince, my I lost my hat's worthless now. And all my that hat's worthless now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually say that, but that was my thought process. My hat's worthless now. I could see that. And yeah, but then it turned out and ended up in a great episode of Raw. <clears throat> Austin kidnapped Vince, basically threatened to murder him with <laughs> the Bang 316 gun. Vince pissed himself. Yeah, there were so many good moments with that Vince and Austin rivalry. Yeah, it's not even close. That's it's the best one there's ever been. Like hands mm-hmm. down, there's nothing even close to it. There's there's been a couple like compilations they've done of it. There needs to be like a true like 10 disc set of everything they've done together. And I've watched the shit out of it. There's like a collection of the network, but it's not everything. I want it all. I want from 1996 onward, you know, up until we, up until when he stunned the last time he stunned him. So I want them all. Yeah. (sighs) What do you got? Um, I think you have something from NXT, don't you? Yeah. 
So I'll go to NXT, and I have two moments from this night, which I think is probably one of the best NXT quote-unquote pay-per-views that they did. It was uh, NXT Our Evolution. It could have been Revolution or Our Revolution. I don't know which one okay. you interpret it as. But it's December 11th, uh, 2014. 2014, that's when they were kind of going out and picking up or cherry-picking a lot of the top indie stars. Um, and Prince Devitt is now Finn Balor, but he was one of the big ones that they got because he was huge around the world, uh, Ireland, England, Japan, so he was just huge. Um, but Prince Devitt, he would come out and cosplay body paint, so he would come out like Spider-Man or Venom, uh, Darth Maul. You're not uh, cool, by the way, for calling him Prince Devitt. No, just, but that was his. I'm Finn just Balor. saying that's what his name was on the yeah, Mark. No, I'm just saying. All right, I'm just teasing. You, so, <clears throat> all of these cool things he would come out. I mean, you could look it up online. There's a lot of cool entrances he did as these other characters. So when people come from other parts or you know other promotions, a lot of times WWE changes them or doesn't let them do what they're what they did in the past that made them like super over. So there was a lot of people saying, you know, are they going to let him do the body paint? Because he showed up on NXT as regular Finn Balor. So when he was out there in New Japan or wherever he was, did they call it the demon or what did they call it? Like his alter ego? He was just Finn Balor. And then he would come out. No, I'm talking about, and I, I know in NXT, but I'm talking about when he was in New Japan or whatever he was with the body paint. It was just Prince Devitt. Just with body paint? Yeah, because, okay. I mean, he would always change it up. He might be Venom, Carnage, uh, Joker, Bane, like whatever it was, he was just... I think that's more of the excitement on um, Japan was what was he going to dress up like this time. But I think NXT like just nailed it because when he came out, I'm like, holy shit, that's the Venom. You know, they actually let him do it. But then it was, I think, a version of what he used to do, and it was more unique so that Marvel couldn't sue him. And just with the smoke and the lights went out, and he came out and the tendrils and the headdress, I'm like, holy shit, I'm like, this is awesome. And just got goosebumps and just excited to see that they let him keep that kind of persona with the body paint. And the entrance music was amazing. Like, everything was so awesome in that entrance. And it was the first time we saw what they would let him do with the body paint. I kind of remember that. Um, it was because Devitt or Balor, like, I, I, this is kind of sort of half-watching NXT. And I don't know, I just... I didn't really know who he was at the time, so it wasn't as big a deal for me. Mm -hmm. But it was, I don't know, it was it was a cool, I thought it was awesome to see live. Like, oh, this is pretty badass, because, again, I was kind of half-watching NXT at the time. Yeah. So, I don't know, what did, was there anything different that he did here that you know is from before, or was it just kind of like just his own deal? A lot of it, for me, was were they going to let him do this in NXT WWE, or were they just going to keep him as Finn Balor, the regular guy in the tights and whatever? So the coolest part of what Prince Devitt did was the body painting. That's what separated him from everybody. So coming over here, I'm like, well, they got to let him do something, because I never saw him in any type of body paint as soon as he signed with NXT to, to see him come out like that was just so awesome okay i mean again it was this is like a cool moment for me to watch but i didn't have yeah. the emotional like oh this is so badass type of thing yeah what was you, i think your next nxt one was the same as mine what was your another nxt one uh sammy finally winning no no so tell that one then i'll okay. tell my nxt one so sammy Zayn wasn't in nxt so you i think it, i mean there's so many cool guys there was uh kenta who is hideo itami uh finn balor 
uh, Sammy Zane. I mean, there's so, there's a lot more guys I'm having a break yeah, yeah. for right now. No, <clears throat> but Sammy Zane was just having, I don't know, the the crowd was behind him. Everything he was such a good underdog. Like he always came up short, never winning the title. So it finally culminated where he would give his his friend Neville at the time they were friends, and Neville's like, "Well, I'll give you a shot." It was either I think it was a career or a title. So I'm like, "Well, it's not going to end his career." <laughs> so he's he's going to win the title. I just didn't know when or how. Uh-huh. So as the match is going on, there's so many insane moves. There's like Frankenstein'ers. There's jumping through the ropes like like Sammy does on the outside, like through the ropes on one side and comes out the other. Uh, DDT is just so much like cool stuff in the match and Sammy ends up winning and the crowd goes insane like he finally won the big one and there's confetti and the crowd's nuts and all the people from the back of the locker room start coming out to congratulate him it's almost like everybody wanted him to win like back in the day Bret Hart won and everybody came out or to congratulate Bret Hart yeah yeah yeah. Um, so it was I I was watching this I remember this okay but I I didn't know any of like his backstory honestly i didn't know he was el generico for a long time yeah so go ahead i'm sorry i interrupt you but go ahead no that's fine um so i mean they had an amazing match even neville like congratulated him so everybody is coming out of the back they're walking out I'm like holy shit I'm like this is a big deal i mean they made it a big deal with uh, like i said the confetti the people coming out and i i kind of looked into the backstory as i looked into who sammy zane was i figured out he was generico and he had a relationship with kevin owens so all this kind of stuff. So Owens comes out. He's still a baby face at the, at the moment. He comes out. They embrace. I'm like, oh, my God, they're best friends. You know, they're sharing so this moment. It. I totally bought all it. Right. Because that's the kind of wrestling fan I am. <laughs> I try to buy the shit they're selling. <laughs> like and then I think about it the next day. I'm like, that was crap. I like it. <laughs> so, so they're so like, I'm like, oh, this so feel-good moment of Sami Zayn. Yeah. So as you know, <laughs> as most people probably know, uh, Kevin Owens and Sammy are walking up the ramp. Kevin just fucking blindsides him and starts beating the shit out of him. That's, that slam he gives him on the on apron. On the apron, right on the corner. Fuck yeah. that. Like, I haven't seen it before. I mean, we've seen it a lot since then, like on the apron. But to see him do that at that moment, it would just seem like the most brutal thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he did the rolling, like, thunder into him when he, or whatever. It, it, was, it was ridiculous. So, I mean, a lot of that, I went from really being super happy I wasn't really super pissed because I wasn't totally surprised that he turned on him. Because, I mean, that's like the typical thing to do is like you turn on somebody. But yeah. I don't know. Just the him winning and the celebration at the end was awesome for me. Yeah. So the whole – so the, the before Owens came out and yeah. turned on him was awesome. Yeah. Afterwards, it's like, okay, that's pretty badass too. Oh, yeah. And the, on the apron, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Holy shit, he's hurt. He's broke his back. So my NXT one was at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and Sasha Banks versus Bayley for the title. Mm-hmm. And this was, I didn't really know much about the storylines. I, mean, I recently started watching NXT. I'm still kind of half caught up because, honestly, there's just a lot of stuff to watch. Yeah. And the promo package they did before the match was great. It kind of caught me up perfectly, and Bailey like never won, and she's like, I'm gonna, my mom keeps coming to these matches and watching me lose and all this stuff, and then... The crowd was so hot for that match, and then they just tore the house down with the actual match. And was, it, it, was that the Iron Woman match? No, no, no. That was okay. the rematch. This is the first more Bailey won okay. the title. And the crowd was so into it, and there's so many times where, like, I'm like, oh, man, Sasha's going to win. Oh, man, Bailey's going to win. Especially there was a point when Sasha had the bank statement on, and then Bailey's reaching for the rope with her broken hand, and Sasha starts smashing her hand. The crowd's like, oh, no. Yeah, with her foot, like, stomping yeah, it. Yeah, like, this is it. No. And then yeah. she rolls into it. 
they do a reverse Hurricane Rana off the top rope, which was like, holy shit, how isn't someone not dead? Bailey to belly, finisher, one, two, three. And then the whole, you know, Charlotte and Becky come out, and Sasha comes out. I mean, Sasha cries all the time. It yeah. seems like so, <clears throat> whatever. But at the time, I didn't know she did that. So it seemed like a really emotional moment for all four of them. And Becky and Charlotte and Sasha were moving up to the main roster, and Bailey was kind of staying behind. And she's like, okay, like, it's up to you now to lead NXT. Like, you know, you were with us. So it was kind yeah, of cool. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps when you cool just said moment. that. Yeah, yeah, they kind of pushed them <laughs> off, yeah. Um, they, you know, they pushed them off, and then Bailey went to have a good run. She defended the title against Nia Jackson, losing it to Asuka. And she had a few with, I think, Eva Marie, too. So Bailey kind of carried the division and handed it off to where it is now, where I think right now NXT's women's division is starting to build back up a little bit. I yeah. think so, too. I started to watch a little bit before Charlotte was really, you know, who, like, her character is at this point. Was her first big match a takeover, was it against Natty, Charlotte's? Yeah, that was when they I saw had that uh, Ric Flair and, yeah. and Bret Hart in the I corners. saw that one, and I was impressed, really impressed by Charlotte. Yeah. Um, Becky, before she had the, the orange hair. I mean, all the diff before they were trying to find themselves yeah. and establish themselves before, you know, getting the big push to the main roster. So I kind of followed them off and on. And all four of them, I, they were just amazing. Like, the matches were so top-notch in NXT. And then I see them on Raw or SmackDown, and, you know, they're, I don't think that they really compare. Maybe they play safer on the main roster. I'm not sure. But, yeah, that match was just amazing. And you can tell that they're all, like, real friends there. Because even at other NXT shows, Charlotte would go back as the big heel, and she would be smiling and clapping and rooting for somebody in NXT. So mm -hmm. it's almost like that Triple H effect where Triple H is the heel on the main roster, but then the super baby face owner of NXT, more respected by the fans. Yeah. So you have to kind of divide those two. So well, it's because they're different brands. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> to see Charlotte different brands. <laughs> smiling and being real genuine about rooting on, say, Bailey at the time, or so happy that Bailey won, or yeah. Sasha won in, or no, Bailey I'm talking about. But, yeah, that was a really good moment. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, I think the women, those girls have caught up have had good matches. Their match at WrestleMania last year was great. I think the Fatal 4-Way this year was pretty good. Um, they, given a little bit more time, it could have been even better, but that corkscrew moonsault Charlotte did was insane. And, yeah. You know, Charlotte and, and Sasha had good matches on pay-per-view. What sucks for them is the one time they got to headline the pay-per-view, they're hell in their cell. I thought that was not bad, but probably the weakest of their matches they've done. But yeah. even still, I think... I think they're they're pushing them forward, and it's nice that uh, I guess we can talk about the current thing now. So the past pay per view, Alexa Bliss beat Bailey for the title, <clears throat> which was a good match, and that was a good match because it was a good story. Like logically made sense. Okay, Bailey took the hard turnbuckle hit to the head, then she's kind of woozy. Then Bailey gets thrown into the, I guess the Titan Tron on the post now, like the LED post, mm -hmm. and then hits the Alexa Bliss hits the DT wins the title. Makes sense logically. I still think it's stupid that WWE has this rule in your hometown you're going to lose. Like, it's just stupid, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I always think it's better for a heel to have be the champion and for a, a good guy or good girl babyface to chase them. So I kind of hope that's what happens now where Bailey's chasing Alexa Bliss to get her title back, maybe culminating at SummerSlam or something like that. Because yeah. Alexa Bliss is a great heel as far as she's probably the best talker in the women's division right now, I'd say. I Alexa think so. Bliss. Yeah. Bailey, I I really like Bailey. Her music is just infectious. I love it. <laughs> her music. It is. I mean, the way she comes out and her personality. And I mean, she just, I don't know. I really like her. And I don't really even think she needs a title because she's super over with, you know, the fans and the kids. And right. It, it doesn't matter if she has a title or not. So I think giving it to Alexa is a smart move. 
and I think they were talking about rumor wise that Charlotte would be the first one to be the Raw champion and the SmackDown champion, like first ever. Uh-huh. But they gave it to Bliss. I'm like, well, good. She deserved it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's come a long way in her, yeah. in her short time in the career. So I think women's divisions in good hands in both the main roster and an NXT. Yeah. Uh, I'll go to my next one really quick. So my next, I've got, I have two more. I have this one, then my favorite one ever. So here's my next one, and this is when Sting debuted at the Survivor Series and Ziggler won mm-hmm. that the Survivor Series match. There was kind of rumors for a while that Sting is going to show up because he had signed a Legends deal and was in the video game, and then it was like, okay, you know, this kind of makes sense. When's he going to show up? And the night of the Survivor Series. It was kind of in the back of my head, but not really. Mm-hmm. So then when he showed up, I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. And I was more happy that Ziggler got the win because he got his ass kicked the whole time. And I think the stipulation was the authority goes away forever. And then Seth Rollins threatened to murder Edge, so the authority came back. <laughs> True story. <laughs> but I just remember being so excited because Sting was the last guy to never be in WWE. Yeah. Everyone else has been here. Goldberg's been here. Scott Steiner. Every DDP. Everybody's been here. Except not for him. Sting. And right. that was just awesome for him to finally come back. Even though I wasn't the biggest Sting fan, like I liked him, but he wasn't like a huge fan for me. But it was awesome to see him finally debut on WWE. Yeah. His um, his debut I thought was awesome. But the thing I didn't like about his entrance is it gives it away with the the crow calling mm-hmm. and then the black. So, I mean, you already know it's staying. There's no like element of surprise right there. Maybe if he just came out, I'm not sure how I would have done it, but it was very cool to see him in a WWE ring. Yeah. He had a couple cool moments. Like when Seth Rollins is asking for the statue to be revealed of him. When yeah. Sting was under it. <laughs> and then Seth Rollins also murdered, almost murdered sting in their match. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that was just an awesome moment for me. And then again, when Ziggler won, my buddy, again, Pat, was over a huge Ziggler fan. He's like, there's no way Ziggler can win this. If he wins this, I'm taking my pants off or something. And Ziggler <laughs> won. We're like, well, buddy, let's get those pants off. <laughs> right. He never did it. So, <laughs> Well, that's a shame. Yep. What do you got? Um, going back to the Bailey and Sasha. <clears throat> Battleground 2016. Okay. Uh, Sasha and Charlotte, obviously, in their big rivalry, so they're going to do a tag match where it's going to be Charlotte and Dana, and they're you know they're teasing Sasha. You have no friends, you know you can't find anybody to be your partner. So all the way throughout the little promos leading up to the match, Sasha still doesn't have a partner. So they get to the ring. Uh, Charlotte and Dana are introduced. They enter the ring first. Sasha's music hits. She comes out. She's alone. So who's going to be her partner? So she comes out. Yeah, she was like teasing her, and like I met if I remember Sasha. Some people were like, it's going to be Bailey. She was like, I want to win. Why would I pick Bailey? <laughs> yeah. Um, but there were rumors that it was going to be Bailey. So in the back of my head, I'm like, I really hope it's Bailey. Um, so it's kind of quiet. And then all of a sudden, Bailey's music hits. I'm like, holy shit, it's Bailey. I was so excited. You know, she comes out, she's smiling, super happy. I was hoping it would be her, her like, her call up but it wasn't because she came from nxt she came up just for this match and then later on got called up to raw but as soon as her music hit i'm like oh good it's bailey i'm so happy yeah and the, the crowd went nuts yeah like, yeah it's bailey and like we were like my wife was like watching because she's like really like bailey she's like bailey 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 and then it was she was like yeah like, she was super happy and i loved how like sasha she didn't cry she uh, was uh she was kind of watching like looking for the crowd waiting waiting and as soon as the music hit like a huge yeah. pop and she had a big smile on her face so and that's awesome. a, i like the element with that is like 
you know, taking your time with the pausing and getting the crowd kind of, you know, uh, what is it like anticipation? Build, yeah, building that building up. It, yeah. And it's just, it was so good. And I wish I didn't read a lot of the rumors because I think I would have been a more excited that it was Bailey yeah. if I didn't have the idea that it was going to be Bailey. <laughs> I think you would have had that idea anyway. I don't know. There, if I remember, there were rumors the day of that it wasn't going to be Bailey, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. But yeah, so it was an awesome thing. Awesome moment. Made you a little teary-eyed. Yeah, I loved it. Because <laughs> I do really like Bailey. <laughs> we, we've gathered. So here's my last one. And this is my probably most I've been excited ever watching something. I'm just going to play a clip here. Obviously, that's Mankind, Nick Foley's first WWF title win on Monday Night Raw. And this is the famous Tony Schiavone. Yeah, that'll put butts in the seats. the seats line that he was fed by Eric Bischoff to give spoilers because this was taped the week prior. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't watching Nitro, so I didn't know that. I'd never heard that line until much later. So I'm just, I was like hooked. I'm like, well, I can't understand why anyone would watch Nitro. Like, this whole show was awesome. We got a title match. You know, I didn't. I thought there was no chance in hell that The Rock was going to lose the title on Raw, especially to Mankind. And then he did. And when Austin's music hit, that place exploded. Yeah. And then that's that's the biggest pop I've ever heard. I don't, I've I've never heard one to top it, ever. And then when The Rock gets hit with the chair and he goes, Mankind goes to cover him. I was on the couch. And then one, two, three, I jumped up out of the air. I was like, yes, yes. My sister is upstairs. My mom's like, shut up. Like, we're watching ER or whatever the hell was on the time upstairs. Uh-huh. And that is such an awesome moment. And then that's one that's not, like, forgotten. I think a lot of people know about it and everything. But that's my top, I guess, real markout reaction I've ever had. Other than The Rock beating Cena at WrestleMania, which I've talked about 67 times on this show. So I'm not going to talk about that one again. But this one was just an amazing moment where Austin beat Mankind. What do you got pulling up besides breathing into the microphone loudly? Oh. What are you pulling up? Oh, one of... <laughs> dead air. I'm just staring at you. Oh, my God. It was one second. Relax. <laughs> so my, my moment was the SmackDown after 9-11. Because when 9-11 happened, I mean, it was it was a huge tragedy. And it just felt like... The world stopped. Like planes were grounded, people weren't doing anything outside, they weren't going to big events. On television, everything was kind of like replays, like talk shows, and even NFL games were all canceled because they didn't want to take the chance of having such a large gathering of people due to maybe bombings or anything like that. So it just felt like everybody was just living in fear. And even though this is two days after 9 11, SmackDown, I think they just made the decision that morning that, like, we got to go on with the show. Um, just to kind of show that, you know, we're not afraid of terrorists. So to have them come out, I'm like, I thought it was awesome. And then they have uh, the flag and all the roster comes out 
and I'm like, okay, these are really doing. These guys are really doing this. Like, I felt proud to be a wrestling fan. That Vince McMahon would have the balls to to fill a, a, an arena with you know fifteen, twenty thousand people. I'm like, well, th you know, this is awesome. So then she comes out, and she gives, I think, one of the best renditions of the national anthem or the Lily Star Yeah, Lillian. Right, and she's see. kind of choked up and you can sell, see, I don't know, it just, it was super powerful if you lived in that moment and lived it that day. This is Marilyn Manson, the beautiful people. This is not national anthem. No, they're all lined up on the stage right now. All right. That's still Marilyn Manson. There we go. And you got Ron Simmons, Kurt Angle, um, Tori Wilson, Tajiri, like all these people have just got tears in their eyes because they're just so, I don't know, maybe just so proud of what they're doing. And you got the rock scene in there and his team, <laughs> team bring it shirt. <laughs> All right, we got it. Okay, I was—I thought it was going to end up pretty soon, but like the the audience at the end was just—I don't know—just really proud to be American at yeah, that time. I wasn't watching wrestling at this time. This was my senior year of high school, mm -hmm. and I wasn't watching at all, so I didn't know this happened again until much later. And actually, it took me a while to try to find this episode of SmackDown because before the network and stuff, there would yeah. only be like little clips on YouTube, and I would want to watch the episode. So I finally yeah. got to see it on the, when the network came out, and it's. And I think what ended up happening, too, because of this, I think the next pay-per-view, what was it, Austin lost the title to Kurt Angle. And Austin, I think, made the call. He was like, we got to do this. Yeah, Team American America. Guy and all that stuff, <laughs> yeah. But Austin's from America, too, but I guess not as American as Kurt Angle. Right. Yeah, that was an awesome – it's it's tough. I know I kind of like tease you, like, okay, wrap it up. But if you actually watch the clip on YouTube, you can see what we're talk you're talking about with – the people on the ramp and the people in the crowd, like everyone visibly upset, but also right. like saying, no, we're here, let's do it. And I also loved, it's kind of, this was kind of weird for me when I was watching it. So Vince comes out and he's wearing like a Tommy Bahama like button up instead of his suit. And I'm like, uh -huh. this is kind of weird. Where's Vince's suit? <laughs> um, he's, he's Vince McMahon. He's not Mr. McMahon. Okay. So Mr. McMahon wears suits. Vince wears Tommy Bahamas. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I've got more moments and stuff. We're at about an hour, and I'm sure you have some more. We'll do a part two at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, with, and uh, thanks, guys, for listening. And, again, congratulations to Mark Caruso for winning the mega giveaway. I'll shoot you a tweet, and you will be able to uh, send me a DM with your address so I can send the, the prize off to you. And then you can tweet a picture out of what you won once you get it. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you to all of our guests over the past couple of weeks. Thanks to KB, KB Reviews. Thanks to Carrie, WWSQD Circle Guy. Uh, thanks to some of our new followers. Um, what's his name? His name is Kevin. Kenan or Kevin. He's a, he's a YouTube guy. And if anyone likes Day in the Life stuff, uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, hold on. I'm going to pull I want to get his actual Twitter handle because I, I don't want to be like getting the Day in the Life of like what? So he does Day in Life videos like with wrestling, it was like Comic Con and like stuff like oh, that, okay. like point of view of meeting wrestlers and stuff like that. He's, yeah, that's he's awesome. Ton of them. It's, it's at Kino Kevin, so at K N N O Kevin, and he's got awesome videos. 
I watched a bunch of them, and it's literally him and his buddy going to shows and meeting wrestlers. His newest one, he went to WrestleMania, and, like, Bully Ray's, like, yelling at him, like, hey, turn that camera off! And, like, you kind of see Bully Ray struggling to find the off button with the camera. <laughs> yeah. so it's pretty funny. And uh, and then what was the other one? Uh, Anwar thinks so. Anwar, he's from the U.K., also does Day in the Life videos, but he does, like, travel logs. So he comes from the U.K. to WrestleMania, and he's at Anwar, A-N-W-A-R underscore thinks. Follow those two guys for fun Day in the Life YouTube videos. And follow us if you're not, if you're listening to us and aren't following on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Uh, that's all I have for this week. Eric, thanks for coming over. This was kind of a laid-back, relaxed show, no real agenda. Yeah, no, there was an agenda. <laughs> I had to rewatch some stuff before I got over here. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Eric, got anything before we wrap up for the week? Anything about the current product? Any future storylines? NXT, anything? Um, I really did. You watch? You watched Raw last night? Yeah. The I thought the main event was awesome. Oh yeah. It set up three storylines essentially. Well, just the main, just say what the main event was. Just oh, it was um, the Miz versus Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> you already forgot how great it was. Yeah. It was for the number one contender of the IC title. Right. Yeah, it was an awesome match. It was, and I like how Ambrose literally came out and said. Lesnar's not here. This is the belt on Raw right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, good. The IC title should mean a lot. And and I thought Ambrose is hilarious. And he's backstage, and he goes up to uh, Finn Balor, like, dude, eat a carb. And he gives him a donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite moment was when uh, the drifter yeah, starts yeah, yeah. strumming the guitar. And, and did the look on Dean's face, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right. He's he, like, hey, you know any Pearl Jam? Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> he's like, no? All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, but Raw was a fun episode last night. It wasn't yeah. And I thought the beginning was cool with Alexa Bliss, like, cutting down all the heels, or all, everyone in the roster, I should say. And then she runs into Nia. She's like, you're cool. You're cool. And uh, gaining more sympathy for Bailey, I guess, hoping for that big win. Yeah. I saw there was a fan. Um, I might retweet it to you that they were at the show. So there's, you know, usually feel-good stuff to give the fans to go home to. Yeah. Instead of ending the Raw the way it did, there's some after-Raw stuff. So one of the things was... Um, Ambrose is in the ring, Miz is in the ring, Balor and Rollins are all in the ring. So um, Ambrose is on the mic and he's saying, "Hey, Miz, we everybody wants to see you do your catchphrase," and the crowd is going nuts. And he's like, "Hey, uh, Seth, you want to see him do his catchphrase?" He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I'm the Miz and I'm awesome." Like that's what they want to hear. Uh-huh. So as soon as Miz is like doing his little fingers, he's like, "Oh, like getting closer to the to the to the mat." Um, Rollins grabs him, hits him with his new high knee. He falls into Ambrose, Ambrose DDT. Finn Bell is like, hey, should I go to the top? And everybody's like, yeah. So he goes to the top, hits him with a double foot stomp, and then uh-huh. everybody's happy because the Miz guy's asking again. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good moment. That wasn't on TV. So who do you think is going to be the IC champion after? Probably the Miz. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to do that match on Raw next week, or is it going to be at the pay-per-view coming? I'm not, not too pay-per-view. sure. Okay, I don't think they announced it yet. But, yeah, I think the Miz should be IC champ. Yeah, I think he's got. he's just more charismatic and... I don't know. I just like them more. Yeah. We've got SmackDown tonight. We'll see how that goes because they're building up towards Backlash coming up where it seems like Nakamura, they're really pushing his, like, his debut is a big deal, like his yeah. debut. So good for them and, and good for Nakamura. He's going to face Ziggler. Hopefully they give him a lot of time to tear it down. I'm going to try to go to the show. We'll see. I am going to the NXT show the night before, and i got to catch up on NXT stuff. I watched the first episode of the build towards it where mm-hmm. Hideo Tommy came back. Yeah. So it's Tommy versus Rude for the title. I think that'll be an awesome match. Uh, I missed who – I know they did a number one contenders match or set one up for Ruby versus – what's the other girl's name? There's Ruby. Nikki Cross. Yeah, and then winner of those will face Oscar for the NXT title, women's title. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the entrances the most. It should be a fun show. Do you have a favorite uh, 
female in NXT? I like Asuka. Okay. I think I love Nikki Cross. Is she the one that's insanity? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like she's such a little bull, but I don't know. I like I, the when she talks, it's so sexy. <laughs> all right, I'll check her out more. We'll give her a look. <laughs> that's all I've got. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Find us on SoundCloud, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, or in your favorite podcast app. Please subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment. Let me know what you think of the show. And thanks for coming, Eric. We will see you next week. Blah, blah, blah.